Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, otherwise known as DJ EJ, and this is Club Crime, a true crime broadcast recording live at KTCU. I say this always, I'm really happy to be back. I loved last week's episode. I had my best friend Jackson on, as we all know that those are my favorite episodes to do because him and I just kind of BS for most of the episode. Not to say that I don't like my other guests, but Jackson and I just have a certain quality about ourselves where we literally had a 15-minute conversation about Awala water bottles, and it was the most entertaining conversation maybe that we've ever had. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow us on social media, please follow Club Crime at Club Crime Official on Instagram or at Club Crime Afish on Twitter slash X because they won't let me have Club Crime Official, which makes me really mad. So Elon Musk, if you are listening to this, please let me have my full name, please. But it's that time of the episode again for me to introduce my special guest. So Colin, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm excited to be here, honestly. This is my first time doing anything like this, but my name is Colin McThorne. Uh, I'm from Sacramento, California, and I'm an acting major too. Um, love doing theater. My fellow California kid. California. You're the only person, or I'm the only person who knows what slow is. You are the only person, like no one ever knows. And it kind (laughs) of makes me mad. I'm like, so where is that? And it's like. But everyone in Cali knows. But everyone in California knows. They're like, slow? We love slow. And it's like. (sighs) But it's like, you tell like a person from like Texas, like no Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -mm. No idea. So why are do you have any interest in crime, true crime? Why are you here today? Tell I us. love, oh, my bad. Uh, I love crime. Um, I love urban legends, any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that stuff has always been involved with my life. Like, that's the stuff that I talk about with my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that I talk about with my friends after like 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, conspiracy theories, like, that stuff is just amazing. Like, I have a core memory of when I was little and my first like introduction to horror, I got the Five Nights at Freddy's game. Mm. And um, I watched Markiplier's tutorial. Hello, everybody. My name is Markiplier, and welcome to Five Nights at Freddy's, an indie horror game that you guys suggested in mass. And I saw that Yami Mash played it, and he said that it was really, really good. So I'm very eager to see what it's all about. And that's a terrifying <laughs> animatronic bear. <laughs> oh, oh. Also, I should mention we do have a rather special guest um, today, acting kind of as maybe my assistant, but she's just kind of here to act as the peanut gallery. We have um, Grace, who is. Who was a past member of the club who's just kind of here to, I think, make Colin and I laugh throughout the episode. You really are just the silliest, goofiest little girl ever. No mic, no intro. No mic, no intro. (laughs) (laughs) Silence you. No, but preview, maybe she will be joining us later this season. And now she's attacking our guests. Hey, don't do that. No, thank you. (laughs) Go ahead, keep going. Okay. So, are you ready to get into the story? I love it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you your guest duties. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you a true crime story. Mm. It is your job to react, ask questions, add in your own personal anecdotes, and just add to the story in any way that you want. Does that all make sense? I'm excited. Okay, you have to promise the listeners that I have not told you what your story is going to be at all, whatsoever. No, I I literally asked you about your outline, (laughs) like... 
two, three hours before this, I'm like, okay, like you need to tell me like what you're going to be talking about. And she was like, no, you're going no. in blind. <laughs> I thought it was a joke at first. So I'm like, oh no, she's serious. Everyone goes in blind. <laughs> Do you want to throw any random shots into the dark of what you could guess maybe it's going to be? Mm, I'm, a, I'm an unsolved mystery type person. I think, okay. I think it's going to be something like that or maybe okay. conspiracy theories. Well, you're wrong. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> no, that's a really good guess. But um, we are unfortunately not doing an unsolved mystery. Today's story is the Slenderman stabbing case. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sources for tonight's story include the New York Times, NPR News, ABC News, CrimeMuseum.org, and we all know her, we all love her, Miss Wikipedia, mm. America's primary source for Come everything. On now. So let's get to the background on who Slenderman is. So I think that's very contextually needed before mm. we get into the stabbing. So on June 10th, 2009, a Photoshop contest took place on the Something Awful Internet Forum. Those who entered the contest were asked to submit paranormal images of their own creation. Eric Knudsen, under the pseudonym Victor Surge, posted two images to the forum. Each photo depicted a group of children playing while being watched by a tall, thin man in a suit with no face, hair, or ears. In later depictions, he had tentacle-like arms that he would use to capture those he went after. Alongside each photo, Knudsen described Slender Man as an entity with abduction, tied with abduction of groups of children. From there, the myth of Slender Man grew as he was shared throughout many online forums, becoming known as a creepypasta. Are you you're familiar with Slender Man, right? And like creepypastas? Yeah, I watched. I feel like I watched so many YouTube videos of like gamers like doing a a play the playthrough of, of like the Slender, Slender the Eight Pages. Yeah. Um, that I never watched the movie. Uh, I heard it was pretty bad, though. I didn't watch it either. Um, I yeah, I heard I it was not good. Um, but yeah, I was a creepy pasta person. Oh me too. Um, I'm trying to think of like what some of my favorite ones were because I did like Slender Man. Oh, I remember like the e- dot exe ones of like yes! Sonic dot exe. Yes. Um, what was the one that it was? Um. Oh my gosh, it was the Legend of Zelda one where yeah. it was like the kid died inside the game mm-hmm. and like would come after you. I can't remember which one which that which one that is, but You know about the Russian sleep experiment? Yes. You hear about that one? I used to think that was real. I was going to say the same thing until like maybe three, four years ago. I mm-hmm. thought that was a real thing. I thought it was a real thing as well. Um, for those of you that don't know, Russian sleep experiment is a creepypasta where it, it is a very realistic oh, yeah. telling of a story, but it's basically like these four men in Russia are put in a locked room and they're given this gas to keep them awake for 24 hours and they're supposed to be in there for like 30 days and I think they're convicts and they're supposed to be like given their freedom if they stay awake and they all just go insane and it's a scary story it's something that like if you're a someone who liked like scary stories to tell in the dark growing up like Mm -hmm. that's a really good story to go read that was definitely my favorite so, as Slenderman went more and more viral, fan art, stories, and even video games and movies were created. In 2012, the game Slender, the Eight Pages, had over 2 million downloads on its first day. Which is insane for a That's game, crazy. especially at that time. Oh, yeah. Slenderman's quote-unquote mythology varies throughout all of his depictions. What seems to remain consistent is that Slenderman has the ability to teleport. As he gets close to his prey, those near him get slender sickness, a, quote, rapid onset of paranoia, nightmares, and delusions accompanied by nosebleeds, end quote. 
If he does not take his prey, he drives them insane and forces them to work as his puppets. And the actual fate of those taken by Slender is unknown. So he has a very deep lore. Oh, yeah. So let's get into the actual attack that's related to Slender Man. Okay. I think I've heard about this. I didn't know if it was real or not, but like clearly it is. This is, yeah, this was a very, I remember this because I remember my mom talking to me about this because oh. I was like around the same age as these girls. Like hey. you and I are both around the same age, were around the same age as these kids were when this happened. So 12-year-old sixth grader Peyton Isabella Lutner went to a slumber party for her friend Morgan Geyser's birthday in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Also in attendance was their friend, Anissa Wire. Lutner and Geyser had become friends in fourth grade, and Lutner found Geyser sitting alone at lunch and decided that no one should have to sit alone by themselves at lunch. So basically it was like, I saw a girl sitting by herself and I mm-hmm. wanted to make friends with her, which is so sweet. That's so sweet. That's a good thing to do. Lutner described Geyser as a normal yet lonely girl, considering her as her best friend. Around 6th grade, Lutner began to notice Geyser talking more and more about Slenderman. In an interview with ABC News, Lutner told David Muir that Slenderman frightened her, but Geyser would disregard her fear and even believed that Slenderman was real. Did you ever believe that Slenderman was real? Not really, honestly. I feel like I wasn't really into Slenderman that much, but I had that same type of thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real with Five Nights at Freddy's. Because like, there was a period mm, of time I used where... to think those animatronics were real. I thought they were yeah. real for me. Because, like, I grew up going to Chuck E. Cheese, and there was a time where, like, it was, like, three or three weeks or so mm-hmm. where I couldn't sleep because of this game. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had to get over that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, no, I know where they're coming from. So, my neighbor, who lived, like, two doors down from me, he was, mm-hmm. like, one of my best friends growing up. And he fully convinced me that Slender Man was real. And for a, a good six months i fully was just like slender man is real and he also convinced me that slender man was coming for me that's which which he's him and i are no longer in contact or friends obviously (laughs) um but i fully like i remember i would have to like go to sleep with my lights on which i already kind of did anyway but once they like turned off and if i woke up in like the middle of the night i would like think that slender man was in the corner of my room somewhere and it would freak me out because i thought he was just like coming for me (laughs) like I would have dreams of him just like appearing in my backyard and I was like and then I remember because I was into Markiplier at the time Mm -hmm. and then I was like oh this is a video game where Markiplier just plays a video game (laughs) and then I was like okay never mind like I'm not scared anymore that's good were you the type of person that like when you turned off the lights you'd like run out Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll the same If I was way. in my living room, I still do that. If I'm in like my living room in my house and I turn off the lights, I will walk as fast as I can because mm-hmm. I feel like something is coming. After oh yeah, me. it's weird. Especially if that movie like Lights Out or whatever it was Dude. with that like lady who was like. That's honestly a good movie. A goat. It was a good movie, yeah. but that is like literally what my fear of the dark is. Of oh, like yeah. there's some. It's not the dark. There's something just in the dark, and I am convinced of that. Yeah, that's so genius. So um, around this time that, you know, Lutner's being convinced by Geyser that Slenderman is real, Geyser becomes friends with Anissa Wire, who lived in the same apartment as Geyser. Both Geyser and Wire made Lutner uncomfortable with their detailed discussions of Slenderman, though Lutner felt like she wanted, and though Lutner felt like she wanted to end her friendship with the pair, she remained friends with Geyser and Wire as she felt bad abandoning them. So, once again, Lutner is just this, like, really just sweet little girl, like, mm-hmm. wants to be friends with anyone possible, and is just like, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I'm not going to tell them I hate it, because they're going to have no other friends. And it was just, like, 
it's so sweet. Like it, yeah. you, it just makes you feel kind of sad for this girl. Right. So according to Lutner, Wire was the only one that tr- was the one that truly convinced a geyser that Slenderman was real. Lutner felt that geyser and wire were a toxic combination. Even at the slumber party they were attending, after going roller skating and eating frozen yogurt together, Lutner felt something was off. The morning after the slumber party, May 31st, 2014, Geyser and Wire persuaded Lutner to play hide-and-seek at the nearby David's Park. The park was wooded, adding coverage from any nearby roads. Once in the woods, Wire told Lutner to lay on the ground and cover herself in, cover herself in sticks and leaves to quote-unquote hide. Once she was on the ground... Geyser took out a concealed five-inch kitchen knife from her home and proceeded to stab Lutner 19 times. Lutner was stabbed in her arms, legs, and torso. The knife hit her liver and stomach and narrowly missed a major artery in her heart by less than a millimeter. How old are these kids? 12. Oh, my God. 12 and 14. Oh, Dude. So once <laughs> once they finished stabbing Lutner, Geyser and Wire told her that they would go get her help, which they did not. Shockingly, though, Lutner was able to pick herself up after being stabbed using trees for support before finding a patch of grass to lay down near Big Bend Road. While laying on the road, Lutner was found by a passing cyclist who immediately called 911. Doctors performed immediate emergency surgery on Lutner once in the hospital. Five hours later, police had apprehended both Geyser and Wire near Interstate 94 at a furniture store, finding the knife they used to stab Lutner in a bag they were carrying. And Lutner survived. She was stabbed 19 times, almost got an artery hit, and she was able to pull herself up and go get herself help. By less than a millimeter. Less that's, that's like barely what your eye can like see. Like to what I know, like how close the knife was, right. like it looked like it should have been cutting through. That's a miracle. Like I don't I don't think I could have done that. Mm-mm. I'm a <laughs> real talk, I don't think I could have done that. I would have laid there and I'd been like, so this is it. This is this it. Is exactly. It. <laughs> Things are getting blurry. I don't know, dude. That it's almost it almost sounds like it sounds like a creepy pasta, but this is real life. Right, this is real life, and the fact that it was inspired by a creepy pasta is even more Scary. insane. So, Geyser and Wire had walked almost five miles from the park where they had stabbed Lutner. The pair told investigators that their goal was to hike 200 miles to the Nicolette National Forest in northern Wisconsin in order to reach Slender Mansion. Which was, I guess, according to like the mythology, is like where Slenderman lived in like the woods, and he had this big mansion. I think it was depicted in like one of the games, not eight pages, but it definitely was like in one of the games. I think two hundred miles. You said two hundred (laughs) miles. Oh, we have a text from my mother. Everyone, let's see. Come on now. During this time, parents were told to check in with their kids to see if they really believed. That is why I asked you. So, yes, my mom did ask me at the time if I believed. And this was after I stopped believing. But my mom did ask. I do remember my mom asking me, being like, do you believe in Slenderman? Because that's what the police reports. Like, the police literally came public and were like, please ask your kids if you believe in Slenderman and tell them that it is not real. Because they were so afraid that, like, more stuff like this was going to happen. 
Man, my parents didn't listen to the police because I didn't know this was a thing. So that's crazy. No, I do remember my mom asking huh. me this, which is crazy. I completely forgot she asked me. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was like so weird that she had just texted me that. But now that she said that, yeah, I huh. absolutely do. I absolutely like remember, like, I think a couple days after it had happened, that was when the police like came forward and were like, hey, talk to your kids. And I remember literally like being in the car with my mom after school one day, she being like, hey, do you believe in this? And me being fully like, no. no. And right. then she was like, good. And I think that was like the end of the conversation, <laughs> basically, just to make sure. So they're trying to get to Slender Mansion. Guys are in wire. They're trying to mm. hike 200 miles. They got um, five miles, I think, in five hours. I could be wrong. Five hours later, Interstate 94. No, they were like t- 15 miles, I think, in okay. those five hours. Gotcha. They weren't they weren't close, but they at least got a little bit far. <laughs> they got a little bit of a dent in that. That's crazy. So according to their story, Geyser and Wire planned to kill Lutner as a sacrifice to appease Slenderman, making them his servants and prevent him from killing their families. In their interviews with the police, Geyser said she felt no remorse for what she had done, while Wire did feel guilty, though both said they felt their actions were justified to appease Slenderman. Which is wow. so crazy. It's it's one thing to say that you don't care that you killed someone. Mm-hmm. Like the action of it alone is crazy, but like not feeling guilty about it is just another level. Well, there's like not guilt, but then them both being like, we had to do it right. because of this fictional character is so crazy to And me. being 12 and 14. 12 <laughs> and 14. Like they're, they're kids. Right. They're little kids. I at this time was like, in middle school and band playing the French horn. That's all I was really doing. Yeah, I was playing the saxophone. Mm. Um, at this time, I got <laughs> a funny story though. Um, I, I had my first crush around this time, <gasps> and it was this girl named Amanda Biddle. So Amanda Biddle, if you're watching this, shout out to you. Um, but we had this we had this homecoming week thing, and it was like we we like gave roses. That was the mm-hmm. middle school thing. Like we mm-hmm. gave roses to people, and so you know what. I wasn't really popular. Like that's just kind of how it went down. Me neither. Like, I was a I was a neon kid. Oh, and so you... I gave this rose to Amanda, and she's like, "Oh, like whatever." And then I hear people laughing as I'm walking away because mm-hmm. I'm nervous, bro. And she is stepping on my rose, <gasps> stepping on my rose. And so for two weeks straight, oh, that rose left a mark on the cement, and I had to walk past it to class every day. And people would say stuff. I'm like, "This middle school so... drama was crazy." Dude, middle school drama was. Crazy the audacity. The audacity. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but all to say, like, I like I wasn't worried about that stuff. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that stuff wasn't in my mind. That at all. was the height of your drama. Right. In middle school. You weren't trying to be like, I need to go kill my friend. Right. Wow. That's crazy. People live different mm-hmm. lives, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening in Wisconsin, but <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> So, in interviews with Geyser's mother, Geyser had apparently grown up experiencing vivid hallucinations of things such as ghosts, colors melting down walls, imaginary friends, and something she called it. It was a man who, according to Geyser, was the color of smoke and ink and would hide behind her in mirrors. Which, as a kid who grew up seeing ghosts and, like, Mm -hmm. Still very much, like, believes I have a ghost in my house, like, to this day. I don't want to, like, discount kids who are, like, I do have, like, paranormal experiences. Like, I don't want to discount that. Yeah. 
but also color colors melting down walls is yeah. I think maybe a clear sign of this kid has something up. Yeah. That's so weird. That <laughs> I well that's like that that's a plot of like a lot of movies too. Mm-hmm. It's like not believing the kids and the kids were right the whole time the kids were in right like the horror time. movies. That's that is very true. And I hope she wasn't right and that Slenderman is real because Slenderman being real would be too much for me. No, that'd, that'd be, be too enough. Much. That'd be enough. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I I grew up not necessarily seeing stuff, but like I can recall two times where like I saw stuff that I couldn't explain. Mm-hmm. And like one of them was when I was a kid, I got like a sleep paralysis like episode and I woke up and I saw like this figure underneath my desk. And like it was the one time like I like this sounds really weird, but like I like truly felt fear. Like mm-hmm. I was in shock, like I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And like it was just it was crazy. I'll tell you about my sleep paralysis experience in a second, but okay. mine is hilarious. Oh. Mine is so funny. I'll finish <laughs> out this like one big chunk of the story, but my sleep paralysis story is, I think it's so funny whenever I think about it. <laughs> so Geyser's delusions continued following her arrest. Corrections officers who watched her witness her talking to herself, pretending to be a cat, keeping ants as pets, and talking to fictional characters such as Slenderman or Severus Snape from Harry Potter. Hmm. (laughs) In autumn of 2014, Geyser was moved to the Winnebago Mental Health Institute. While trying to determine if she was competent enough to stand trial, Geyser was diagnosed with early-onset childhood schizophrenia on October 22, 2014. Instead of being treated and given medication... Workers at the Institute focused for six months on teaching the law to Geyser until she was competent enough to stand trial. Whoa. Which is like, I that is so backwards to me. I agree. Which, especially like, in crim- I'm in criminal justice right now is one of my courses. Okay. And our teacher like has been going over cases that literally take like five years to go to trial. Mm-hmm. And it's like sometimes it's just because like they have to wait for like other trials to go right. through or it goes up to another court or it goes to another court. So why couldn't they have just waited like right. treat her first, then teach her the law? Right. Like no matter what. And I guess maybe it could have been just because like they were worried of like about whether or not they were going to, you know, try her as an adult versus a kid. And maybe right, that right. was like we can't wait too long or else she could have. be an adult. But at the same time, it's still like you still should focus on her mental health. Like, that's obviously yeah. the issue out of all of this. Oh, 100%. So I feel like that's something that's overlooked a lot. But, like, yeah, put people's mental health first. Like, mm-hmm. that goes for everyone. That's, like, a good message just for anyone. It's, like, put your mental health first. Put your mental that's health first. I say that all the time you. on this podcast. If you are someone that struggles with your mental health needs – Find help. Like, there's right. so many great resources. And put that first, like, right. overall. Like, And it's not a shame. And it's not a shame. It's, it's not something to be ashamed, ashamed about. about. And it, especially, like, not if it's going to cause you to hurt other people. Right. Like, I think mental health is something we need to lose the stigma over. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay, before we get in the trial, do you want to hear my sleep paralysis story? Let's hear it. So... When I grew up, the way my bed faced, I would lay on it so that I could see, like, my door basically so like i'm on like one corner of the room the door's in the other corner and we're basically like adjacent to each other from corner to corner and growing up i would always just keep my door open like it was just like something i kind of did and so when my lights were turned off i could i think it was because i was afraid of the dark and my dad would watch tv every night and so i could see the light from the tv in the hallway as like my nightlight sort of so one night i'm asleep and i wake up 
and I can't move, but I think it's just because I'm tired. And the light in like the hallway is like brighter than normal. And I'm like, okay, maybe my dad's just watching just like something extra bright tonight. (laughs) And then I start hearing someone walk down the hallway and I'm like, oh, it's just my dad going to bed or like maybe going to the bathroom and he'll Mm -hmm. go back out, whatever. And in walks my room and I like I couldn't move like I normally like roll over in my sleep, whatever. Like if I wake up in the lights there, I couldn't move in walks a KKK member into my room. How old were you? I was like 10. I knew what it was. I knew what it was. And the only reason is because of Forrest Gump in that one scene where like. Oh, okay, okay. I was so I don't think at the time I knew what like a Ku Klux Klan member was. But later in my life, I realized what it was. Dude, not to get political as a 10 year old. Not to get get political as a 10 year old, but a KKK member. And he just like starts walking towards me. And I was like, at the time I was like, oh, this like cloaked figure is just like walking towards me. So I just like closed my eyes, finally went to sleep. But the more I think about it now, I was like, why was that my sleep paralysis? That's your sleep paralysis demon. That's what haunts your house is crazy. That's not what, Toby haunts my house. Oh. Um, If anyone wants to learn. the podcast know about Toby? The podcast does know about Toby. If anyone wants to learn more about Toby, um, go to episode 13 or 14 where I talk to it with Brandy and Addie. Mm. Um, They gave me questions to ask Toby. And I did ask Toby those questions. But I will talk about that at the end because we need to get back into the trial. Okay. (laughs) So during their trial, both Geyser and Wire were waived out of their juvenile court to be tried as adults. Mm. Geyser was charged with attempted first-degree homicide, a Class A felony, and Wire was charged with attempted second-degree homicide, a Class B felony. Wire was sentenced to 25 years to life in a psychiatric institution, while Geyser was sentenced to 40 years to life in a psychiatric institution. Leading up to Geyer's sentencing, her schizophrenia was left untreated for around 19 months. Though she was eventually given antipsychotics, Geyser's mental health was still rapidly deteriorating once she was in jail. At a court hearing on March 10, 2021, the now 19-year-old Wire submitted a letter saying she was, quote, sorry and deeply regretful for the agony, pain, and fear I have caused, end quote. Her letter then went on to say, quote, I hate my actions from May 31st, 2014, but through countless hours of therapy, I no longer hate myself for them, end quote. According to Wire and her lawyers, Wire was ready to rejoin society and had exhausted all of her resources at the Winnebago Mental Health Institute. Wire felt as though she was no longer a threat to anyone. On September 13th, 2021, Wire was released with stipulations such as she would be under GPS tracking and she had to live with her father and she could use no forms of social media. In 2020, an appeals court rejected Geyser's appeal to be retried as a juvenile. Today, Geyser is still under the care and watch of the Winnebago Mental Health Institute staff and professionals. Wow. So... It's pretty crazy. And we'll get into the aftermath in a second. Okay. But it's like 19 months left untreated. Right. Like, honestly, like, especially when you're dealing with mental health, that stuff could be the difference between life and death. Like, like I'm not trying to say she's not guilty. That's not what I'm saying oh, at all. She's yeah, absolutely obviously. guilty. Yeah. But I don't think that she should have, like, been treated unfairly, like, mental sure. health-wise. Because, it, yeah. like, think about it. If, like, there was a celebrity 
that was in the same position and they had schizophrenia, would they not immediately be get, like get Getting put treated? on like antipsychotics and For stuff? Sure. It's just like it that doesn't sit right with me. If like they were really just kids and yes right. they did it and yes they had terrible reasons and they did have mental health issues that doesn't mean we should discount them and be like you know you you killed someone you don't get your antipsychotics today right. like That's... it just that gives me a really icky feeling so following the stabbing the creepypasta wikipedia page was blocked by the wakisha school district Slenderman creator Eric Knudsen made a statement following the attack, stating, quote, I am deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin, and my heart goes out to the families of those affected by the terrible act, end quote. Sloshed Train, the administrator of the Creepypasta wiki page, made a statement saying that the website does not condone murder, violence, or anything satanic and ritual. Members of the Creepypasta Wiki held a 24-hour live stream on YouTube on June from June 13th to 14th in 2014 in order to raise money for Peyton Lutner, showing that they cared for her and did not condone the actions of Geyser and Wire. Lutner was able to fully recover from her wounds and was able to go back to school in September of 2014. The city of Madison, Wisconsin, held a one-day Bratwurst Festival festival in, to honor Lutner on August 29, 2014, selling hot dogs and bratwurst to raise money towards the victim's medical costs. The event raised over $70,000 for Lutner. Wow. Lutner never publicly spoke about her attack until 2019. Lutner was found tru- has found trusting friends and even family members difficult after the attack. Lutner hopes to never see her attackers ever again, but understands that they were both going through an equally difficult time as as she was, which is like you are so empathetic and I so mature, so mature, and the fact that like such a sweet girl had to go through that makes me so sad. Right, it makes me so sad. That's just like I feel like the way that I deal with drama mm-hmm. and like how that works is so different from how she is processing how she like, does. something so traumatic. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't even begin to like empathize mm-hmm. with that. And she is so mature about it. Mm-hmm. Like so mature shows like the type of person and, she really is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she was even like empathetic to them, like back then right. and was probably like, I don't know how she obviously didn't state anything like right. immediately after the attacks, but I have a feeling she was probably like, what happened to them? Like, you know, yeah. what's going on with them? Like, she was probably asking questions that weren't like, are they in prison? Are they in jail? Like, right. it was probably just like, are they okay? Like, what's going on? Why was I stabbed? Which is like, I don't know. It just makes me feel so sad when, like, really happy people right. get into cases like these. It, yeah. Especially I kids. Exactly. Kids and animals. I'm like, stop. Well, That's yeah. enough. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started on animals, bro. So, as of now, Lutner is currently attending college and working on finding normalcy in her life. Lutner asks parents to talk with kids about online things such as Slenderman and to help them acknowledge that they are not real. Lutner also offers this advice about, offers this ab- advice about bad friendship. Quote, Get out before something bad happens to you. Even if you're guilted into it, if you've been friends with them for years, if you feel something bad, you need to get out while you still can, end quote. And that is the story of the Slenderman stabbing case. That's oh, crazy. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. 
Oh, it just makes, oh, I keep saying I feel so sad for her, but I really just do feel yeah. so sad for her. That's just, that's insane. And like the fact that she's taking that like event, which, you know, defined her childhood practically mm-hmm. and advocating for other kids mm-hmm. and like saying like, you know, friendship isn't just roses and bunnies all the time. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, it's, but like, that's the truth is mm-hmm. like, there's always going to be fights and there's mm-hmm. always going to be this kind of stuff and like addressing it and sticking up for yourself is so important. Mm-hmm. And she's also not trying to say like, see the good in everyone. Like she does recognize like, obviously there are really bad people out there yeah. and like, you can, and she was like, it's fine to be friends with people, but if it's uh, giving, like, if it's harming you, right. like, get out. If it's threatening to you. Which, which is so wise. And oh, yeah. she was also, like, 19 when she said that. Like, she's literally our age. I think she's a sophomore in college right now, like we are. That's crazy. Which is, like... Shout out to her. Shout she's out to her. She's honestly a role model, dude. Very much like, so. that's crazy. Because, like, I don't know, everyone goes through drama in, like, high school and college. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've had my fair share. But, like... Having to deal with that is, like, so minuscule compared to her. Oh, absolutely. I blow it out of proportion. Mm -hmm. And that is just the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I don't know. It almost – she's just dealing with it in such Mm -hmm. a different way. Like, it almost makes you wonder if she had to, like, grow up faster. And she probably did. Yeah, she probably did, which is so sad. Right. So sad. And I will say this. Like – we did talk about, like, you know, thinking, like, Five Nights at Freddy's animatronics were real and, like, Slender Man was real. And I think to a point there's, like, sometimes, like, that is kind of healthy because, like, I feel like a lot of my imaginary friends growing up were, like, fake. Like, Scooby-Doo was, like, one of yeah. my imaginary friends for the longest time. And I think there's to a point where it's, like, you can believe for a little while that that is yeah. real because I think it is healthy to be, like, getting you're into. You're yeah. a kid. And it's healthy to, like, get into, like, the fun, spooky world of those things. For sure. But as like as parents and I'm not a parent, but like <laughs> two parents listening, like I think it is important to like very much like, that's why it's like the iPad kid generation scares me so much. Bro. It's like, cause I don't think they know what's like real anymore. Right. And that like, or the five nights at Freddy's movie coming out is like, that's going to bring You're in so a whole right. new generation of like kids who are going to come in being like, these animatronics are real. And this is exactly like, like what you said, this is exactly like Chuck E. Cheese. And these animatronics are going to come to life yeah. and come find me. It's like, we have to make sure that that is taught that this is not real in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and it sucks because, well, it doesn't suck, but that's what makes horror films so good Mm -hmm. is because it blends that line of what's normal and what's not, and it makes you think, like, oh, this could be true. Yeah, when a horror movie says, like, based on a true story, I'm like, that's enough. Like The Conjuring? The Conjuring. Dude, I... I can't even begin to talk about like paranormal stuff like which I have covered Ed and Lorraine Warren on here uh, with Annabelle. Crazy guys, crazy. And the Devil Made Me Do It case. Do you know about that? No, I that last season. Oh, that was the third Conjuring film. Oh, is that what? The, okay, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was based on the Conjuring because I did see that. Mm-hmm. And nope, the first ever case that was like. If we believe, like, if we as a court like make people put their hand on a Bible and say like, you know to God, like, I swear to God, I'm not gonna lie. Why can't we say, like, the devil isn't real? Yeah. And that was, like, their whole argument in the case of, like, if God can be real, why can't the devil be real in the courts? Which is super interesting, and it's, like, goes back to, like, you know, there are these horror movies where it's, like, the case was real, but at the same time, we need to understand that, like, that's not something that is okay to do. Well, yeah. If, like, someone gets killed, don't do that. 
Right. Don't do that. That's that's crazy. Because, like, yeah, not even to get personal, but, like, I feel like, you know, if there's good, there is evil. Like, if there is good, that implies that there is just as much evil in the world. And so, Which this case proves it. Right. I mean, if we have Lutner, who's this really innocent, super nice girl, we have Geyser and Weiner, who right. are very evil. Right. Even if they are, you know, even if they were kids, they still had very evil qualities to them, yeah. unfortunately. And it makes me think, like, you were talking about how they were like a trio and a friend group. And, like, mm-hmm. I remember, like trying to like scare my friends or like Mm -hmm. we talked about scary stuff because that's just what you know friends do and that's what like kids do yeah but like or like there were those markiplier videos where i remember being with friends like you have to stay in the room and you have to watch this all by yourself and we're gonna leave and can you get through all of it it just makes you think like what extent they went to as Mm -hmm. like a friend group because like never in my mind did i feel like threatened or like any of that stuff by my friends who did that that was just like it was fun. Like, we'd mm-hmm. get in a dark room and we'd play Five Nights at Freddy's. Because mm-hmm. that's just fun. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. But you, you did at the time understand. Like, they're not going like, to... No. We can turn off the PC at any time. Right. It's the sound that's scary. That's what it is. That's it's fun. the anxiety <laughs> of playing. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. That That is such a genius game. Like, on a, on a side tangent. That's a that game is just... series? Yeah. I could tell you... I. I, there have been several people who are like, you should just do a club crime episode devoted to you telling us the entire lore of Five Nights at Freddy's. And Grace, my assistant over here is shaking her head no, but I, you don't have to be on the episode, Grace. Look, if you need a guest, I am all in. I love See, Five Nights at Freddy's, My dude. series finale last season was Paranormal. Maybe this season will be Five Nights at Freddy's, especially after the movie comes out. Oh my God. Oh. To, like, compare that lore to, like, the real game lore That's good. is going to make me mad. It's going to make me mad because I already know they're not sticking to the lore. That's always how it is. Like, it's the same argument about having, like, books and movies and, like, how, you know, movies don't do the books justice. But at least books follow the proper timeline. This movie is going way off. Oh, yeah. William Afton isn't going to be British. Let's talk about that. that. Okay, but it's the Shaggy. It's the actor who plays Shaggy, and I think I think it fits minus the accent. Minus and the so accent. I agree. I was like, okay, I I can get behind this just because maybe he's just like a pinnacle point in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when the Scooby Doo movie came mm-hmm. out, so I was like, oh, this just like it's a little nostalgic for me. It's a little bit of a throwback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very excited to go see it. I oh, just I'm also being like the perspective of like. Mm, like this is not gonna be accurate and it might make me oh, a little mad but yeah but then again matt pat doesn't say correct lore so yeah it's true okay but- you want to do you want to speak into the mic and say it no oh, grace would like everyone to know that she likes matt pat love matt pat okay so <laughs> you i'll give you two options of what okay. we can talk about next okay we can talk about toby the oh. ghost that lives in my bedroom okay or last week after Jackson and I talked, we kind of talked about the um, Mila Kunis case w- right now where um, the, that 70s show actor, um, da- like whatever his name was, Danny Masterson. I love that I'm forgetting his name because I don't deserve to remember his name. He doesn't deserve me to remember his name. Um, we talked about that case where Danny Masterson was an actor on that 70s show mm raped three girls just got convicted to like 30 years to life basically um and like the actors like mila kunis ashton kutcher basically kind of supported him with like their letters whatever so supported supported 
hit, like the rapist, Danny Masterson, like wrote him character letters to be like he's a good person. Whoa, whoa okay, that's I I thought you meant the opposite. No, go I, go listen to Jackson's podcast because you will. It's it's kind of insane. That's insane. Like, but wow. I did get some people saying that they really liked me kind of talking about some very current cases that are not completely like sentence or solved yet. So we could talk about Toby or we could talk about the Ruby Frankie eight passengers case that's going on. I don't know about it. Don't know anything about it. Really? Okay. What's it called again? So, well, let's start. I'm... Loki, I'm just calling it like the eight passengers case, but that's not its real name. Okay. So do you know what eight passengers is? No. Okay. So I was never really a fan. I never really followed them, but they were a YouTube, like the very stereotypical like YouTube family. And they're called eight passengers because it was Ruby, Frankie, her husband, and then their six kids. Okay. And Ruby was known for being a very strict harsh mother so like her punishments would be like oh you didn't do all 20 of your chores today you can't eat what bro that's like a turn it's like cps or like i remember they sent their son to like a military um not summer camp, but just like a military camp for like bad kids. They like the people came and took him in the middle of the night. And it was like Whoa. a camp, I think, notorious for like very much abusing the people there. And like the kid just like wasn't on the vlogs for like months. And they didn't explain why until he came back and was That's... like, he was at this military camp. That same kid. And I'm going to try and leave the children's names out of this just because some of them are still minors. Yeah. Um, but that same kid, I remember, I think he, like, got a bad grade on a paper, and he lost his entire furniture and, like, bed and everything in his room for, I think, about four or five months, and I had to sleep on a bead bag. Wow. This is... Very terrible. There wasn't, and there was, like, another vlog where they, quote-unquote, got into a car accident, except their van they were driving was fine. It was literally basically just, like, the car crash happened, and they supposedly just pulled over and started filming it to, like, seem as though they got into the car accident. Oh, like, fake clickbait? Fake clickbait, stuff like that. I remember the mom would be like, you're too fat right now, your hair doesn't look good, like, it's, like, very much, and her name is Ruby Frankie. That's crazy. It's crazy. That I didn't hear anything about this. And I, I also wasn't like the biggest like YouTuber type person. The only time I really watched I'm YouTube, just a gaming YouTuber person. I was so gonna that's say, why like I was never into stuff like this. Like really. That's so true. I and I feel like that's just so like innocent for the most part. Like Markiplier mm-hmm. and like what is it? Sky does Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Like like I watched those people and I feel like I grew up just mm-hmm. like watching like i grew up away from um, like the drama filled YouTubers, basically and it sucks that like that's what youtube has turned into Mm -hmm. as well which like it's no shade to people who do that like you know let's just stop using your children for content exactly and like stop abusing them bro like what Mm -hmm. like that's insane so yeah so basically eventually ruby frankie divorces her husband and um kind of becomes a lesbian but is still like a Mormon and is not officially a lesbian. But Wait. <laughs> but her and this woman named Jody Hildebrand basically start like living together. They're both Mormons. They're both very much like 
kind of I I think they had something to do with a cult together. Just mm. very very off, like very off people, and they started like vlogging together. And the kids at this point were like nowhere to be found. Mind you, Whoa. Sherry Frankie, who is the eldest daughter, who is not a minor anymore, she is an adult, has fully at this point, like I think a year before this happened, has come forward and been like, my mom is an abuser. Something needs to be done. She's Whoa. called the police. She had, at this point had called the police six times. The police would arrive to the house and typically no one would answer the door. And apparently on one of the occasions, they saw children upstairs but the children didn't come down to answer, and the police just assumed nothing was wrong, so they left. Whoa. So no one for a long time has seen these kids. This is ongoing. This is ongoing. These people are arrested now. I Thank God. Okay. So on August 30th of this year, officers arrive to um, an Irvin's Utah home after um, a neighbor of Frankie and Hildebrand Basically, the 12-year-old son of Ruby Frankie arrived at the neighbor's doorstep. He was, quote, emaciated and covered in wounds, according Whoa. to the guy who called 911, and was begging for food and water. Like, he just was like, I need something to drink. I need something to eat. I need help, please. Mm -hmm. So the police arrive, and they're able to get into Frankie's house, and they find the 10-year-old daughter in the same condition of just malnourishment and wounds what? and and both children get sent to the hospital and they are now safe i would i'm very happy to say that the children are now safe that's great and um but frankie and hildebrand both get arrested and according to frankie's jail cell mate the cellmate was basically saying she only asked about her children once and in that time, she was basically praying for Jody, like her lesbian, quote unquote, lesbian lover, mm -hmm. begging to see her because Jody was at like a cell way down the hall, like gotcha. trying to see her, called her husband. But the call to the husband was basically to say, hey, we need some repairs on the house and what? was not at all like remorseful about her children. She had six kids, six kids. I now, mind know. you, we don't know where three of them are. That's insane. Currently, and those are the youngest. Ones. Not the youngest. These the two youngest were the ones that were found by the police. Gotcha. And the oldest one. The is The eldest one, that... one is adult. The eldest one is taking her mother to court as right. we speak, trying to the get custody of all her siblings. Wow. Um. Oh, it's the ones in the middle, huh? Mm-hmm. That's so. The ones in the middle. So. As of right now, the latest update is that their Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrand's case will be postponed until October, which sucks. But yeah. they're both being charged with six counts of felony child abuse. That's insane. And their lawyers are not commenting on anything. They have, as right as of right now, have not entered any plea deals. But that's that's the extent of what we have with the case right now. That's, it's so funny that I literally have never heard about this. Um, I used to see on, like, on TikTok, like, clips of them being like, wow, like, she's such a bad mom. Why does she say this really? to her kids? Mm -hmm. So you saw it before I saw, everyone I wasn't, knew stuff. I wasn't actively watching their videos. Like, there was right. no support going to her. It was just, like, comp compilations. So I did see it, but I was also, like, 
I, I just, it never popped in my head of like, oh, she's probably like in a very abusive parent. It was always just like, she's probably just doing this for clickbait. She's probably just. I was going to say. She's you probably take everything with the benefit of benefit of the doubt mm-hmm, like, with a grain of salt. Media. And I was like, it's TikTok. I'm not going to take yeah. any of really of what I see on TikTok that seriously. Exactly. So I was just like, okay, like she's probably just doing this for clickbait. Maybe she is a bad mom, but I don't think it's to like this extent, right. whatever. So, yeah, that's the other oh, issue. Wow. Sherry Frankie, who's the sister currently currently trying to get custody. Mm-hmm. She, for years, was shown on the videos basically taking care of the kids. Ruby would wake her up at, like, 5 in the morning to get all of the kids ready to go to school. So it's almost like there was signs in the videos that stuff was going on. But just no one one wanted to say anything because they didn't think it was real. That – that's just mind-blowing. And, like, I don't know, like – Shout out to my mom. Like, my mom took great care of me. But, like, I feel like when you have a kid, there's a certain bond that you have with that kid because, like, it's it's yours. It's yours. Like, it's literally your your DNA. Exactly. And, like, you have a responsibility for taking care of these kids. And just, like, honestly hearing that, like, this mom had no regard, didn't care about her own Mm -hmm. children and had six of them. Six of them. It's just, like honestly almost disgusting mm-hmm. like that is just like it's how cold really, do you have to be you know it's really upsetting yeah and i mean these kids were basically treated their most of their lives like they were worthless right and just there for views and content so that's it's it, it's really unfortunate and the more i know the more i will update about the case in future episodes but it, it is just like ugh, it's so icky and upsetting and once again like these are kids that are very like in the videos were very like well spoken did their best to get good grades did chores around the house all the time like great kids and it's it's just so upsetting and unfortunate and it sucks because like i don't know i feel i feel like i was a little spoiled and i didn't have to do many chores and i'm the exact same way yeah but I am so grateful for my mom for like putting a roof over my head. Right. And you push, know, we take it for granted. Pushing me pushing but. me to do my best, giving me food. But at the same time, I will say this. Like my mom and I very much had the agreement of like as long as I'm getting good grades in school, yeah. I'm doing like my activity, which was dance, like all mm-hmm. the time. As long as I was like not just like sitting in my room, you know, doing yeah. nothing. Like I got those privileges basically. Right. Like and I, it sucks because these kids like now have a messed up view of what it means to like contribute to a household exactly. where they do like chores and you said like they're well spoken mm-hmm. and you know I haven't seen any of their videos but just like hearing that kind of stuff and like seeing how they were treated mm-hmm. that stuff sticks with a kid with a kid like especially when they're developing it's hard to switch them out of that right unfortunately yeah because I know like habits I picked up when I was little mm-hmm. that I still have now mm-hmm. and. Like, you know, they're small, obviously, mm-hmm. but like I used to have long hair when I was mm-hmm. little and I cut it in sixth grade because I was getting bullied. That's a mm-hmm. different story, though. But then I am like growing my hair out again. Mm-hmm. And like every time I just sit there, I like start to play with my hair. And I did that when I was little, mm-hmm. like right on the side. And it's like mm-hmm. the same thing. And it's just like small stuff like that. Yeah. But like even when you have a lifestyle. But that's like ingrained that. into like exactly what you do now. Yeah. I completely agree. So, like I said, I will try to keep my listeners very updated as I go forward. But mm. I do really like doing these kind of 
current cases because it's just like I feel like I talk so much about like some recent stuff but it's like when a case is solved or unsolved and you just don't have any updates it kind of feels stagnant whereas this I feel like I can really grow right yeah what these cases are gonna become that's what's appealing about like political commentary and like news and all that kind of stuff is because it's like current it's ongoing Mm -hmm. and so like those are the podcasts I like to listen to because it's like oh this is stuff that's still going on. Like I'm gonna get information day to day. So, yeah, I honestly you don't really have to wait you doing for like stuff. weeks and stuff to right. like get and yeah. So yeah, if if this is something that like to any of my listeners listening live or later, please like let me know either like at me on Twitter, which I still to this day have never used my Twitter, and I should. <laughs> I always am like follow me, and then I'm like I don't use it, mm. but. I will really try to start using it if, like, that is a place where my listeners can tell me what they like and dislike. Yeah. Which I just, I use Twitter as, like, my stupid app. Like, I I just don't think I go on it because I'm, like, I don't use it as an app that I take seriously. I'm just, like, Twitter is such a, just a stupid, funny place. That, that's me, too, because I started following all these, like, (sighs) uh, spam accounts isn't the right word, but, like, burner accounts for Mm -hmm. TCU. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just, like have all these people like commenting about the games and like what's mm-hmm. going on at TCU. And that's the only way I get information about that kind of stuff. And I think it's so mm-hmm. funny, but I don't use Twitter like very seriously. Mine is of like, if there was like a big like pop culture moment or something that I like need information on, I immediately Twitter. go to like the trending page of Twitter and I'm oh, like, yeah. what is happening right now? Oh yeah. Like when the Chris Rock slap happened with Will oh. Smith, I oh, was on God. Twitter Dude, all night. The world shook. Shook. <laughs> the world shook. That was crazy. And, like, have you heard those conspiracy theories about how he had, like, a pat on his face and it was, like, planned? No. You heard this thing? Yeah, I saw all these, like, articles about how, like, this whole thing was planned and how, like, if you zoom in on, like, a close-up of him getting smacked, mm-hmm. it looks like there's a pat on his face. Mm. Now, granted, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true But, at like, all. at the same time, like... Everyone was talking about mm-hmm. it. You heard it twenty four seven. But that—that's how conspiracy theories start. Is mm-hmm. it's just like people like there's something that everyone believes is true, and then everyone's like, "Well, what, oh, if? what? What if?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now would you like to hear the updates on Toby? Let's hear it. Do you do you need some context as to who Toby is? Um, maybe a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> Toby is um the. 10, 11, 12-year-old boy ghost that lives in my room. Um, He died in the early, like, 1900s, basically. Oh, so you've done your research. I've done my research. Well, he's also kind of just, like, told me. Oh. Oh. Bro and I just kind of, like, he just kind of shows up, and it's like, (laughs) hey. Okay. So, to anyone who listened to the season finale of Club Crime last season, um, my guests, Brandon and Addie, gave me, like, a list of questions to ask Toby. And I didn't ask all of them because some of them were like, do you know that you're dead? And I'm like, I don't want to ask that to, like, a 12-year-old little yeah. boy. Like, that's it's a like, little like, what if that gets him mad? What, what if that gets him mad? Me? Like, what? If, yeah, he, he, does, he just kind of, like, shows up and it's like, hey. hey. I'm like, hey. What's up, bud? Um, so one of the questions was, do you ever wish you could change your clothes? And I did ask him that. No. <laughs> and, um... I will ask. I will answer your question soon, Grace. Um, but he he doesn't even he didn't even really notice that like he was still like in clothes. Right. And I didn't know if that meant that like he knew he was dead or not. 
but it was just something I wasn't going to press of like, right. oh, like, because what he wears is like some like slacks and he was very poor. So mm. it's just kind of like some beat up old shoes gotcha. and some socks and like a little button up. And he was very much like a farm worker. That's okay. what he was doing at the time of his death. And so I didn't ask him that. Um, they uh, they wanted to know what his favorite color was. He said green hey, because he likes because gr- he likes grass. That's a solid choice. Which was so cute. That is really sweet. <laughs> it was so sweet. Um, and then they um, wanted to know if he likes the music that I listen to. Oh. I bet he was critical. He was very critical. Because, like, that music, like, it's like it's like the same argument about how, like. He likes when I listen to Broadway. Oh. Because. Well, not like modern Broadway. Like, he's not jamming to like Dead Mom from Beetlejuice. Let's like say that. Golden Age stuff. Like, huh? Golden Age stuff oh, is like. I can see. Which I still can... is not of like in the timeline of like when he died, but I, oh. I think it's just more like familiar to him. That's probably true. Um, hmm. Hates Greta Van Fleet, which made me sad. That is sad. Hates Greta Van Fleet, but it's also like he doesn't know what an electric guitar is. And so it's like. <laughs> That's that's so fair. Okay. Um, and also doesn't like Tyler the Creator, which made me also a little sad. And then I had to explain to him that Tyler the Creator is in fact the man that's on like three posters on my wall. Oh. And he was like, "So that's who that is." That, that's so funny. Um, this is crazy. So that was all really the questions I was able to get out of him because sometimes he just kind of like leaves, and I'm like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> um, Grace's question was, "Is Toby in our apartment?" No. Toby's just at my house. It's like a house specific thing, not you specific. Not me specific. Gotcha. I only see him like, so the question that he asked me that I told Brandon and Addie was when I came home for Christmas last year, I had, mind you, I hadn't seen him in maybe a year. He appeared and was like, where have you been? I've missed you. And I felt so bad. It made me feel so sad. It made me shout out to Toby. Shout out to Toby, <laughs> mom and dad. I hope you're listening to this. Maybe within like Toby's earshot. Toby, I miss you so much. That's crazy. Toby, I want you to know that I'm just trying to get an education, which I don't <laughs> think women in your time were allowed to do, but we are now. <laughs> I'm getting so my education funny. now. <laughs> that is crazy. Like, I've never met a person who is, like, chill with a ghost. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's the only ghost that I've ever really, like, seen, too. Really? Mm-hmm. I've seen two. Really? Actually, yeah, because I told you about the first one. The first, like, sleep paralysis, um, yeah. The other one's actually more related to Slenderman, like, actually circling back. But mm-hmm. I used to work at a store called Rayleigh's. Do they have Rayleigh's in Slow? Mm-mm. I think it's a NorCal thing or, like, a Sacramento thing. Because I know it's Sacramento-based. But it's basically, like, a... It's kind of like a Whole Foods or like an H-E-B. So they have like a deli and like it's really nice. Mm -hmm. And so I am I work at Rayleigh's Mm -hmm. and I was working what's called graveyard shifts. Mm -hmm. And so it's like closing, but we like do all this stuff, take out the trash. So I was there till like midnight, Mm -hmm. 1230, something Mm -hmm. like that. And that day I remember I was so tired. Like I was so extremely tired Mm -hmm. and I'm taking out the trash by myself, which I really don't like. Mm -hmm. And, um, my manager tells me, oh, like, watch out for homeless people kind of as a joke. Mm-hmm. I live in the middle of a field. Like, I don't really live in Sacramento. I live on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. I live in, like, the Folsom area if people okay. know where that is. But I go outside and I see a guy in a tux, mm-hmm. no face. 
and he's looking at me and like there's these like street lights and there's mm-hmm. a field and he's in the field and I can totally see it. I'm like, I can't make out a face. No mm-hmm. hair, no nothing. Mm-mm. And I got so scared. I, I went in and then my manager came out with me because I was like so afraid mm-hmm. and nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Those street lights were on again. They weren't flickering anymore. And mm-hmm. it was just like the weirdest thing. And I, mm-hmm. I could blame that it on my sleep. That gives me the chills. That gives me the chills though. But it's crazy. That is. Mm-mm. Yeah. Should have told at the beginning. It's a little scary. Oh, yeah. Poor Grace, who hates horror movies and anything scary, is just <laughs> absolutely, like, upset to be here right now. Um, but, yeah, that's really the only, like, big paranormal experience. I mean, I guess other than, like, when I've been, like, messing with, like, Ouija boards and stuff and, like... Ooh, my mama told me not to mess with them Ouija boards, so I'd never have. I own two, and one of them is my dad's from the 60s. That's even scarier. And that's the only one that I've ever gotten, like, anything real with. That's crazy. That's, is it, is it like different? Like. No, it's just old. It's just older? It's just older. Interesting. That's so. Um, Grace, should I bring one of my Ouija boards to TCU? Do you want to play it? Okay, before we go, Grace, you made us a little drawing. Can, can you show it to me so I can see what it is and tell all the listeners what you made for us? I'll take a picture of it um, so that I can post on the Instagram later to any of my listeners that want to see it. You had requests. Oh. Okay, so first off, we have Grace, who has a little <laughs> queen hat on, which is, a, are you Queen Grace? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we have me, who has just super duper curly hair, which makes me happy, because I really want my curly hair back, like, <laughs> so bad. We have Colin, who, are, are girls, are girls triangles, and then boys are squares. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I'll just let you see. Um, Boy, what? <laughs> you built me like a... <laughs> like a box <laughs> and then we have grace's friends sarah and ryan and then we have the beginnings of what looks like baby Groot in the upper corner <laughs> which is adorable and then just a bunch of can i can i read this grace okay hello my name is grace i can't burp i am allergic to latex i am allergic to carrots <laughs> I'm not saying that part. I got <laughs> I got CPR while roller skating. Whoa. I almost had cancer. Grace, we will unpack this whenever your episode comes up. Um, but Colin, do you have any final questions, comments, anything you would like to say? Slenderman is not real. Take care of yourself. Put your mental health first. Hi, Mama. I love you. That's it. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being here. Dude, I appreciate it. Um, you are officially a member of the club that is Boom. Club Crime. Let's go. And to all of my listeners, please join us next week for another true crime story when we have another guest joining us. And this has been Club Crime.